0: Coming to you from Rabenstein outside of Chemnitz, Germany. Oh.
1: Are you the king of the castle mm-hmm. today?
0: I am. I am the king of uh Hotel Schloss Rabenstein. Not Rapen, sorry, it was Raben, because it's Raven. So it's Ravenstone Castle. Mm which is just on the outskirts of Chemnitz, East Germany. For those of you who don't know where Chemnitz is, it's close to Dresden, the east part of Germany, very close to the Polish border, if I'm not mistaken.
1: So when I think of um, castles in Germany, did you ever – well, of course you did. You saw Indiana Jones in the last crusade, right? Sure. You remember when uh, they arrive at that castle and he – He says he needs to come in and see the tapestries, and it turns out that's where his father was, uh, Sean Connery, was being held.
0: Sean Connery, yeah. Yeah, vaguely, vaguely. It's been a while since I saw that movie.
1: But that was a pretty, like, castle, like a medieval-looking castle in great condition. But what is this like?
0: So... So this is like uh yeah you're missing the I mean this was built in 1776 I know this by heart because I just saw it on the on the facade of the building so good you year. can imagine one of these stocky Hmm. that
1: was a good year by the way
0: Oh yeah 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 that was that was <laughs> I guess so I don't know <laughs> for for castle builders for sure well, it's for one America, of these stocky maybe? buildings Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, true, true. I was, I was thinking about me, poor European, I was thinking about Europe. But um, yeah, so it's, um, it's, yeah, it's not one of those castles with a thousand little towers and stuff. It's as I said, it's a stocky building with a lot of windows, and they turned it into a four-star hotel. It's a very decent hotel. Um, funnily enough, uh, I got the the wheelchair accessible room. <laughs> I don't know why, but everything is big and spacious in my room, at least. Um. Uh, yeah, and it's basically like everything in this area. It's on a on a hill, so when you drive up to the to the front of the hotel you park and then there's like a little i mean you park your car there's a little green area but in the back of the hotel there's like a bit of a cliff and there's like a i don't know like a 20 meter descent and then you have a little lake so it's kind Ooh. of an interesting view actually yeah hmm. and um for those of you guys who don't know there is like this Dresden, Leipzig, and Chemnitz. its a, There's like this triangle in the east part of Germany, very close to the, the border of Poland and uh, the Czech Republic. So actually, we're closer to the Czech Republic than to Poland. Yeah. Oh. So very interesting area. A lot of woods, a lot of green, a lot of, you know, how you would imagine um, East Germany and Saxonia in the, in the woods to be.
1: So I'm going to have to do a little... Geography. I mean, I, I think I told you like a few weeks ago, I was in Grafenau, which is uh, Bavaria, due south of Pilsen. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, not East Germany, but it gives you a flavor Close. for... Yeah, I mean, the, the Czech border really winds all around there, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's kind it? of... The, there is this part of Germany which kind of... Um, the east part, which kind of sticks out, if you will. So, kind of uh, the the Czech Republic. I don't know how to say it. You know, kind of uh, uh, like uh, how should I say? It? Like if you if you use a knife and stab someone, it kind of stabs into this area, which I'm mm-hmm. guessing there's a there's a historical reason why this there is this area. So, I actually um, I'm checking the the. the the map, I'm actually, I'm guessing I'm closer to Prague than I am to Berlin,
1: Hmm. which is
0: quite interesting, given the fact that, you know, Dresden is also. So let me see. Prague here um, is about 142 kilometers, says the internet. And from from where I am, from Chemnitz, outside of Chemnitz. And Berlin here is 192 kilometers. Yeah, so I'm closer to Prague than I am to Chemnitz. Uh, mm-hmm. To Berlin, sorry. So I'm trying to think. Yeah. I, I've probably stayed in something
1: called a Schloss before. But the last time I can remember staying in a castle was in when I would uh, go see, uh, oh, go to Estragon in your country. Mm -hmm. and uh we crossed the border into slovakia and stayed at this castle Mm -hmm. that was like 20 minutes away and it was actually where peter shagan the cyclist got married and it was this wild sprawling place it was kind of odd because i feel like there were three or four of us there and i don't know if anybody else was staying there that night (laughs) it was a little little eerie um you know these castles. Was it like in 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 Nitra
0: or in Komarno or?
1: No, 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 no. I mean, it was. I'm telling you, ten or fifteen minutes over the border from Hungary, so it was not far.
0: Yeah, well, Nitra. Yeah, but Nitra, is Slovakia, and also Komarno, but I, yeah, I don't know. But maybe. it was not yeah, a big town. Be.
1: There was nothing else around. Okay. There. And okay, okay. A lot of horses and stuff out that way, but the um yeah, the place was sprawling and. Just gives you an idea, you know, for what it took to run these things back hundreds of years ago, right? And uh, oh yeah, how many people and how much? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, making money on on other people's uh, taxes, right?
0: Yeah, I mean so, these were these were uh, landowners and, and nobility, and they have vassals, and you know that's how they that's how they made money. I guess uh, everybody knows. I mean. Uh, The the system here in Germany didn't really differ too much from the system in Hungary or in in England for that matter. So it was, it was pretty much the same. Um, This, this, this um, castle. um, I, as I said, it was built in 1776, but for the love of God, I can't remember who built it because, but there was a huge picture, like a huge poster, kind of like a, two or three meter tall poster on the other side of the building, which we saw because we took the wrong entrance to the parking lot first. And we got kind of to the back of the hotel. And, uh, it was one of these, one of these guys, you know, with the, with the, with the long, uh, white wig. And you know, how, how you would imagine those guys back then probably some, some Prince or, or, or Duke or whatever they had here. I'm not sure. And the interesting thing about these, uh, places is how they use them during those 30 years of uh, communism right because mm-hmm. well the russians are were famous of one thing or the, or the socialists the communists whatever you want to call them were famous of one thing and that that they did not like uh the nobility so they always used their castles for like it was an orphanage or a hospital or uh whatever, uh, famously in certain, uh, cl- castles in Hungary, they kept horses inside the castle. Hmm. And, uh, you can imagine these were very, very high class, eloquent castles of princes and whatnot. So there was a lot of decoration and gold and, and, um, you know, um, silk, uh, wallpapers and whatever you want. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, if you want a little bit of information, I can tell you that the hill castle of Rabenstein was first mentioned in 1336 in a document from Louis IV, the Holy Roman Emperor, hmm. in which he promised it as a fief to his son in law, Frederick II, the Margrave of Meissen, in case the line of Waldenburg were to die out without male heirs. At this wow. time, the castle was larger than the current. The castle wall consisted of a 180 meter long wall, which enclosed an area of two uh, acres. Yeah. So a lot has changed. This building was built in the 18th century, but um, yeah, you can imagine, I mean, and I'm guessing these castle owners, these dukes or princes were German and then, then Polish and Czech and, you know, all these guys oh, yeah. were kind of circulating around here. So it's a very, very old historical building. If you guys ever come to Dresden Um or Chemnitz, for that matter i suggest you check out hotel schloss rabenstein or ravenstone
1: well your uh, your place <laughs> of uh, stay is far more interesting than mine so and i'm sure with the uh, uh, the heat outside those uh, thick walls are helping a bit
0: so about about the only things but the only things that can help me are the thick walls and the good uh, good windows. Because, my friend, there is no air conditioning in this building, at least not in my room. So, yeah. But um, my location might be interesting, but I'm wondering if your wrist candy is as interesting as mine. Ooh, nice
1: segue, yeah. I guess we are going to talk about watch stuff. Oof. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you'd like to do the Hangulang's controller.
0: Maybe it's time.
1: Okay. Well, on my Good wrist I'm wearing a watch that I think is appropriate to our subject today. Um, I am wearing mm-hmm. my Rolex Explorer ten sixteen. So Oh nice. Yeah.
0: This not is too the, shabby.
1: <clears throat> yeah, thanks. I haven't worn this one in a while and uh And I always come back Mm -hmm. on this watch. I I bought it uh, probably like eight or nine years ago from a guy in Italy who we went back and forth for months and finally agreed on a price. And again, this is like old lore now because you and I both know if it's a somewhat desirable watch, you don't go back and forth for months anymore, do
0: you? Not anymore, no.
1: No. So the watch came uh, with its boxing papers and apparently he had owned it for a little while, but had bought it off the original owner who was a flight attendant for the now bankrupt SAS airlines. So, Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah. And that, that person I think bought the watch I need to check the receipt. I think it was in uh, Stockholm. So yeah, great, great looking watch. And Happy to wear it today because like I said, it, it, it fits our subject and <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'll get on to that in a minute, but first, what's on that wrist of yours? Yeah. On that royal wrist of yours. How about that?
0: <laughs> I wish I was a royal. I mean no, I no, I don't want to be royal. Um yeah, so uh the, the issue is that I mean I can tell a, a bit of a background story that we, we did not come up with the topic until Uh, the point where I was already on the road, so I couldn't pick a a watch that was fitting to the topic, but it kind of still does. And this is a watch I bought a few weeks ago, but as um, you know, and and some of the listeners might know, I was not uh, around. I was in, in Hungary and I just, actually I have not even spent 24 hours at home. In class, And I'm already in East Germany. So um, anyways, I was at the office and I picked up some packages, including this one. And this is a um, an Angelus, well, surprise, surprise, an Angelus Data Alarm, or actually Data Alarm, um, which is a steel, this time it's a steel uh, 35 or 34.9 millimeter watch with beefy lugs. Uh, two crowns, one at two, one at four, and the date. And um, the reason why I said it's kind of fitting to the topic is because it's it's a it's a cool watch and kind of a, a an only watch for someone who needs a date and maybe a reminder. As in the dot alarm is known for two things: uh, dot as in date and alarm as in alarm. So it has a date function and it has a. Um, an alarm function and if you want i can make it sound it might be a bit loud but I, wow. how, it's very loud it's much louder than than a, a volcano cricket for example um, and i have this one in gold plated i also already wrote this article maybe a few years ago because it has a meister dial so. Nice one, but I have not had one in steel. And this one came with the original crowns, which has the A, the Angelus A on it. And it actually came also from Italy. So here we go. We have a common uh, common ground. Little steel, thirty-five millimeter uh, Swiss-made watch coming from Italy. Both in your case, and my case. Okay, maybe Explorer is a bit bigger than thirty-five. Um, uh, yeah. So this is my this is my uh, and and as I bought it or as I got it today. Um, I thought it's only fair that I put it on and try to test drive it and, and, uh, feature it in the podcast. So there you go. Sounds pretty
1: cool. And yeah, the noise is, uh,
0: how would I say alarming? (laughs) Yeah, it's, 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 it's large, uh, large. I'm sorry. I mean, loud, not large, which is not (laughs) loud. no, it's, it's, it's pretty loud. Um, the case is really small, but because of the beefy lugs, it it actually wears surprisingly well. And believe it or not, I don't want to I don't want to lie to you, but let me just give me one second. Let me check the price because I think uh, it, people think these watches go for um, a lot of money. I paid five hundred euros for this watch, oh God. which is I think a great deal for a steel for a steel uh, steel um, uh, alarm watch. It's
1: a better um, deal than a. It's a better deal than a travel clock.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, okay, 500 plus this and that. So at the end of the day, it wasn't 500, but you know what I mean? Like,
1: you're uh, kind of dead. It's in really, really good condition. You're you're not laughing at my jokes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It must be the, it must be the, it must be the German, uh, the East German beer, the Browstolz that I was drinking earlier before, uh, before the recording, or the fact that, as I said, I haven't even spent 24 hours and I'm already on the road, so I've uh, been a bit uh, under the weather. Um, but yeah, so yeah.
1: Well, that's a that's a cool pickup, and, and once again, I'm always surprised you. at your or or I'd say delighted by your resourcefulness and finding these old angelus, and I look forward to seeing it in person. So,
0: oh, yeah, so, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: before, before we get to our main topic, which you know, we're going to talk a bit about the Tudor Ranger and a little bit about field watches in general, or th- this very wide berth, I guess, that uh, the field watch name occupies. Um, a couple pieces of news. I think you had one little thing to share, and then the other thing I wanted to share, I was, I was sort of, um, kind of bored last night. Well, uh, let's, let me back step here. Um, at some point this summer we will go on vacation and, Mm -hmm. you know, we typically go to the U S at some point and we book decent tickets and we like to bring some luggage with us and some empty because we do some shopping there and, Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, as you and everybody else who's listening to this uh, likely know, uh, Europe is an absolute tire fire when it comes to airports right now. And and I shouldn't say just Europe. I mean, Canada and America and other places are not great either, but it's really bad here. And Mm -hmm. we're going to carry on our luggage for what will be likely a two-week trip. And Okay, if we go home to my um, childhood home in Florida, then I've left clothes there now because I go back a few times a year, but still pretty, pretty weak that uh, you can't even trust the airline to to get your stuff there. And so anyhow, i'm I'm gonna bring my uh, uh, aluminum remova carry-on, and uh, mm-hmm. I think you've got one of those too. So, yes, I don't know. I it's think just we have the same like, size. Yeah. And so it's like the cabin, they make like yeah. a cabin small, they make a cabin plus. And then for whatever reason, I was thinking about, I think I was, I don't know where I was, but I saw uh, some people pushing the aluminum Remova pilot case, mm-hmm. you know, that one that hinges up at the
0: top. Yeah. Which, that that it's kind of like a lower but almost wider than the ones we have, right?
1: Yeah. and It's
0: almost like tilt, uh, tilt R's like 90 degree kind of.
1: Yeah, but it has like a, a top opening instead of a side one. They, true, they, yes. they make like a low wide one. But anyhow, I, I was looking and yeah. unbeknownst to me, I think they discontinued that in like 2017. So you go on like eBay and you can find them in in Germany and they're okay, but they're kind of collectible actually, which is funny. And, Hmm. um, they're big time in Asia, uh, Japan, uh, they're massive. So I I think the, the market there sucks a lot of men, but what I wanted to get to was when I was looking at these, uh, pilot coffer, uh, I found that last month, Remova announced that they will be bringing it back out again. And hmm. they put a price in euros of, I think, 1100 euros. Yeah. Ooh. And yeah, it's got like a, a divider in the middle and then it comes with like a laptop case. And then in the lid, when you open it up, it's got um, a couple pouches, like one on either side. And then, I want to say like where the, the telescoping handle goes in, like on the inside there, there's a little zipper that you could put like a bottle of water or something. So mm-hmm. I have to say as an object, I'm intrigued by this thing, but I was sitting there thinking to myself, what in the hell would I use that thing for? <laughs> and I have no idea Balash, other than just trying to make an excuse to buy it and to have it. Um, much like the, they've got one that apparently DJs use. That's like for twelve-inch records, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, so I've I, I seen that one.
1: Yeah, it, and this is sort of like that. It's just sort of a kooky one. Um, and I'm not sure I told you, but last year we bought the uh, trunk. We bought the aluminum trunk, and okay, it's it's pretty cool. But if you've been used to packing like a normal shaped suitcase for a long time, it's weird. Uh, it's very weird. So this thing kind of strikes me as similar to the uh, trunk. I'm not sure how much I really need it, but I kind of want it.
0: So, Yeah, nice. It's a nice looking, last nice looking uh, piece of gear. That's for sure. I mean, I have the one, as I said, you do. Uh, I think you, do you also have the one where both sides are the same thickness? Because I think that RJ has the one where the, the top is thinner, not as deep as the, as the bottom, whereas mine is like 50-50. Yeah, I've got
1: 50-50. Like so I guess he's got yeah, a small you got,
0: one. Exactly, uh, and all. And I think he, yeah, he's only got two wheels. Meanwhile, yours and mine, we got four wheels. That's the M MW. I think the multi-wheel.
1: Yeah, but yours. Well, I don't know about yours. Mine was before they were taken over by. um are they the LVMH. Or LVMH and. Mine too okay so you've got the older one as well so yeah it's the same as the new one but the color is different inside or something like that so
0: yeah mine i think mine's got the blue one with the gray logo inside yeah Uh, or i can't remember yeah these these things are these things are nice i have to say from a from a i guess from a design point of view and um i i I love mine um I have the the Alu one, the small one and the medium one, the big mm-hmm. one I can't remember, with the in the uh not plastic, but uh help me out. The one you also had. The yeah, the polycarbonate, exactly. The yeah. black one. Um which which is both of them are very, very convenient, I have to say. And um uh, yeah. they've seen a lot of action so far, so
1: I switched uh, to the aluminum one. Sorry, we're not talking about watches yet here. But the, uh, mm-hmm. what I found is that, so I have a big polycarbonate one. They don't make this anymore. And, mm-hmm. of course, when we would go to the U.S. and buy a lot of clothing and stuff, they, these would be pretty heavy. And I found that the baggage handlers, and not that I watch them, but I'm just guessing because this is what I would do, but they grab the side handle. And I think mm-hmm. they wing these things. And after time, the uh, plastic started to crack and tear around the handle where the handle was mounted. So I noticed it on that one. And then on the, we had like the the next size down and they've held up pretty darn well, but they're also starting to crack a little bit. Now, granted they're like 12 years old. So I just switched to aluminum, and I like the aluminum. The only thing is, literally, the first time you use it and check it, it's going to get dented, so it'll never oh, look yeah. the same again. So, which is and, part of the and charm. And this exactly guess, happened right? to mine.
0: Yeah, this is exactly happened. What happened to mine? I took it on my first trip to Portugal. It was brand spanking new, and it came out of the of the carousel in the airport, and there's a huge dent in one of the corners.
1: <laughs> you Where you have this no? extra
0: no not yet not yet but you know which one do you have this extra protection this extra layer of yeah the uh, big uh, like uh, plate court cor- yeah like corner plate. plate it's completely dented yeah it's, it, it almost looks like somebody went there with a, with a hammer and they're like you know what <laughs> man f this new bag dong yeah yeah so I'm told
1: still in Cologne where they, they make them that if you roll in there that you get some of the old dudes who've been working there for 30 years and they'll hammer them out for you. Like even though the warranty yeah, kind of went bad and now is better again, supposedly, but apparently they don't even look, they just, they'll just take your bag and,
0: and fix it right there. That's what I heard. That's Pretty what cool. I heard. That if you go to Cologne. Yeah.
1: It's probably yeah. a cool experience actually.
0: Uh, um, somebody told me that they went to Cologne to the to the factory and they left the bag there and they actually changed the 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 um, they also changed the wheels and they changed this the, the telescopic um, uh, handle and everything. So, oh
1: nice! Yeah. We That's have to neat. put it to the test. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, they're made to be used, right? So,
0: right, exactly. It's like watches, meant to be worn, yeah. like sneakers, meant to be worn. Speaking of sneakers. See, I'm am a master of just lacing topics together. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I tried to, as they say, put put my money where my mouth is. After we've talked about the Stan Smiths, and you you uh, you know uh, gave me some props for for finding this website, and I said, yeah, Mike is buying this this uh, the Stan Smiths leather version, and uh, and uh I found the link, so why why not try and see if they still have one in my size, which they did, and so I ordered. And today, as I said, when I came back to the office, I picked up many things, including that package, with my 46 and two-thirds Stansmiths in nice. leather, which is, yeah, which is, as uh, as yours, at least one of yours, is now in the wardrobe, unopened in its box, waiting to be, well, hopefully rocked. Now it's stocked, but eventually it will be rocked. uh nice. so, place um, has great, co- yeah. great
1: shipping service. It took two days, I want to say, from when I ordered it.
0: So I don't know how long it took, obviously, because I wasn't here. But the box is just like the simplest. You know, it's the size of a shoebox, a, a teeny tiny bit bigger than the, the actual mm-hmm. Adidas shoebox. And nothing fancy. I think it was DHL or UPS, may I want to say. DPD, and actually. it was... Or, 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 yeah, it could be, and it was just as described carton, open it shoe box inside shoe, brand new labels. Yeah. Label says leather, leather, upper good to go, put it in the, in the shrunk as they say, and, um, waiting for the, waiting for it's time to come.
1: Nice. Well, glad you got some, I think it was a wise move also about 60, 65 euros.
0: Yeah. I think I paid some, yeah, 65 plus shipping or free shipping. So it was, it was much cheaper than the cheapest on, on Adidas or Salando or any of these, uh, online, uh, online websites and no fake obviously. So all good.
1: Yeah. So, so the main topic, we, we wanted to talk about the Tudor Ranger a little bit. And I know this has been covered by a lot of different, uh, outlets and whether in written form, video form or verbal form, but I thought it was, was worth talking about because, uh, well, as noted with the Explorer on my wrist, I, I like a simple watch like this. And I, uh, I find it to be kind of an interesting release, Balash, because it's not that different from the Ranger that Tudor came out with, I think it was like back in 2014 or something, and discontinued a few years ago. Uh, But that watch was kind of awkward looking, had a a lot of dial and it was like 41 millimeters and just sort of strange and had these uh, flat end links. And and I know they were trying to go with something sort of uh, rugged military style, but Mm -hmm. it just never really did anything for me. And now they have come out with a 39 millimeter version, and unlike the last one, which used, uh, I believe, anita, this one has the uh, in-house MT. Oh boy, what's the um, caliber here?
0: Five four o oh, two.
1: MT. Yes, so the same one that's mm-hmm. in the, uh, the Black day 58. So 45? the yeah. one that's uh, yeah, which. Uh, my experience with that movement and the uh, silver is it's ridiculously accurate. It's a really good movement. And this watch 39 millimeters and I think 12 millimeters thick. So, you know, finally, finally another, another tutor, unlike the pro that is, Mm -hmm. should be pretty darn good on the wrist. Um, and it's got an oyster bracelet without (laughs) rivets, which is nice. And, I I, I guess, you know, looking at the watch, uh, we know that Rolex went away from 39 millimeters on the Explorer down to 36. So this watch fills sort of an interesting gap, albeit at a price of, I think, less than three grand. So quite a bit less expensive than a Rolex, of course, and even less expensive than, you know, the Black Bay 58, which I guess it should be with a little less functionality. for whatever reason though, and you can label me as a uh, as a heretic, I, I guess I need to see this in person, but I'm not 110% convinced for whatever reason.
0: Um, the crazy thing is this watch had, uh, I, I mean, it, 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 there, there were a lot of comments about it, right? Positive and negative, like a lot. Like, there's this article by by Nacho, uh, July the 8th, it came out. And there's 164 comments on this article uh, about the watch. Some praise it, some hate it. Uh, If you ask me, I don't hate it. But when you're looking for a black dial, large numeral, steel 39 millimeter watch, on a metal bracelet for under 3k because this was 2880 so 2880 euros there's a lot to choose from huh? There
1: is. but it's not bad um, I don't I don't really knock yeah I don't knock the value uh, really the value play here because I think that I, I know the tutor doesn't like to bring up their hmm. Rolex connection but look Anytime you have in-house, okay, it, we can talk Kinesi and all this good stuff. But anytime you talk about a an in-house movement, Rolex family, um, Cosk, as as you mentioned, seventy hours of power reserve for under three grand, I, I think it's I think it's at least a, a mm. nice offering. You can't complain about that. For me, <sighs> I'm not a huge fan of mm-hmm. the uh, yellowy loom and there's something about that sweep hand that I don't like either. I don't know if it's like the red at the end. I don't know. This is really nitpicky, right? But there's just something about the watch that doesn't make me go, Oh, I, I want that. I don't know if the numbers seem big. I, I don't know. Um, but again, tutors always look nice in person. So perhaps I would change my mind. I mean, I'm glad they came with it. I think it's a, especially in this day and age where uh, people are talking about inflation and these kinds of things. It's it's nice that they came out with a reasonably priced watch that isn't flashy, isn't, uh, well, it's not controversial at all, right? It, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's a three handed watch that, you know, should be, should be yeah. good for just about whatever. I think you're right. I it, think right?
0: the proof, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? You have to see the watch in person. You have to put it on, try it on and see if you like it, if it's for you. Um, at the end of the day, um, history aside, this is basically, as you said, it's a, it's a three-hander time only watch with large indexes and large numerals. And, and basically that's it. Um, I think, I don't, I'm not sure actually if most people will buy it, or the majority of the of the people who buy it buy it because of the historical provenance or or, or connection, or because they just need a time only watch and it's just a perfect time only watch. But I guess that's the essence of a field watch. And then then maybe we can we can talk a bit about that. What a field watch is, or why would you need a field watch, or why would you buy one, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah well i mean before before leaving it i'll just say i i think yeah I'll, I'll reserve final judgment until i see it in person and i know some people have taken delivery of them and they're tickled so congrats to them i, I don't uh i don't look down upon it i think it's a it's a cool watch i just there, there's something that isn't making me go oh i i really need to go out and, and try to score that um and it's not because I own mm. an Explorer or anything like that. I, I I think all of us are pretty well known <laughs> for buying yeah. duplicates of, of the same kind of watch. So, um, yeah, but <clears throat> it'd be interesting to see if they end up doing any other kind of variations on this theme, like colors or or materials or anything like that. I wonder, um, you know, the, the Explorer, well, now has a, has a two-tone version, but generally speaking the ranger and the Tudor or the explorer were kept pretty yeah you know, one model you know so uh,
0: I, I don't know or, i think it's safe to assume that Tudor eventually will do it because they always did it as you said in the past but maybe they won't but in, in any case uh i think we're spoiled because there are so many watches so so many watches on the market these days and so many different models and new ones and re-editions and this and that and small ones and large ones. And, you know, so there's really a lot to choose from. And I think that's why we're, we're not like, Oh my God, this is amazing. But hmm, let me think about it because you might find something that you like better. Meanwhile, uh, it could be just a perfect watch for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see one. I don't know when that will be. Um, uh, <laughs> I, it's like, here again, uh when Tudor comes out of the watch, mm-hmm. I guess you have to wait a few months right, or just get lucky to find one, but it's not a Rolex situation, but it's it's uh I'm sure these will be tough to find for a little while um but yeah, I mean, leading into the whole field watch discussion <clears throat> i I was chatting with you a little bit when we were talking about you know what topic would we discuss tonight and the field watch, that whole term is kind of weird, right? It's it's like sort of a back to basics watch, maybe has some military inspiration. Sporty, but not really like good for any mm-hmm. not good for any one thing, right? It's not like a GMT, it's not a diver, it's not a chronograph. Just a watch, but it it's built to do a yeah, bit it's more like a, good legibility. Yeah, it's like a like
0: a rugged water resistance, time.
1: that kind of thing. And I find it it's, I guess a good one is sort of hard to deny because it's, it's kind of like doing something simple sometimes can be harder to do than something complex. If that makes any sense, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. very few elements to work with and it's odd how some companies can make ugly looking field watches and, and some are just perfect. Um, but I was hypothesizing that field watches are popular now or seemingly even more popular than before because in the last several years there's so many of us who have collected a lot of watches and it's almost nice to put something on that's clean and easy. It it, it almost feels like cleaning yourself from <laughs> perhaps all the uh conspicuous consumption maybe over the past few years. Um, just, just Mm -hmm. nice to put something easy on. And I, I wonder if that's what a lot of people feel about a field watch or do you think that, that it's nothing like that. And maybe people just like to have something simple on that doesn't attract a ton of attention. I don't know.
0: So a field watch, as far as I understand or at least the origins of the field watch comes from those issued military watches, right? Mm-hmm. From maybe the sixties. I, I would say maybe a field watch or archetype of a field watch comes from the Vietnam era timepieces and younger. Um, so I guess that's a time only watch that is built for. Uh, Field trips, or you know, it's not a GMT as you said. It's not a diver. It's not a chronograph. It has no extra feature. It's just a rugged, maybe brushed instead of polished uh, time only timepiece that that could be produced in a large number um, for cheap or relatively affordable for the military the army price. Um, I guess that's part of the charm that it's. It's connected to a military piece, yeah so, um,
1: you, so you actually think it has more to do with whether it's military or adventure, something like that, huh
0: yeah some yeah, yeah, maybe not military, but adventure, outdoor sea kind of I mean the explorers obviously we know the story with with Hillary and stuff, then my pick would be the the Hamilton. Mm. Khaki Field Mechanical which is obviously uh, a reinterpretation of a military watch right um uh, but then then whew, there are other options you have the um the the Timex Camper for example where the i mean it's some some say it's a blatant copy of the Hamilton Ugh, whatever but it's a camper so it's made for the outdoorsy people i guess that's where the name comes from um you know, the a Marathon is is known for creating watches that could be uh, categorized as field watches, right? Most Marathon watches, if you ask me, uh, CWC, which was also an old military company, a military watch uh, a timepiece producer, certain Bulova, certain uh, you know, Optimus. Psychos, yeah. even, um, yeah, yeah exactly, okay. exactly, exactly. So so, sin. Maybe the 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 the, the sin uh, was that the eight fifty six or eight fifty six five fifty six yeah all
1: these are, yeah yep.
0: yeah exactly so they're a bit they're a bit more fieldy or or sporty than elegant time only pieces as I said maybe more brushed surfaces than polished maybe a canvas strap or a NATO instead of a a, a, a leather strap um, that looks good with a with a well, maybe not a suit, but could pull it off. But definitely with a pair of chinos and and a shirt, but also with shorts and, and flip flops uh, or t shirt and shorts. So, kind of a uh, yeah. Th- this is my angle, right? For me, that's a. But when you say field watch, that what that that's what um, comes to mind.
1: No, I think uh, you know. I think you brought up that that whole like I said, the adventuring and, and military piece. And maybe it's, it's just this rugged simplicity that people like so much. And I think, uh, you know, you brought up the Hamilton and for whatever reason, that watch comes up a lot in ads or, or whatever uh, when I'm on the internet. And I must say that I think that is one of the best watches in production today. I love that watch. I really do. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't own one. I um, totally agree. I, I don't. And I should, <laughs> I really should. Um, it's fantastic.
0: I do. Yeah. I I have one a very special watch in my collection for many reasons. And um, I I have to say, I don't wear it as often as I should. You know, mm. uh, not to
1: interrupt you, but I was going to ask mm-hmm. you a pretty blunt question, and I think I know the answer, but oh, I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you mm-hmm. like field watches?
0: If I look at my collection, I should say no, because mm-hmm. the, the, the Hamilton is the only one that I have. But then again, I love the Casio G-Shock, and I only mm-hmm. have one. Because that one G-Shock, my friend, serves its purpose beautifully last That's week sort of I was in watch honestly exactly yeah kind of because I wanted to say last week I was in I was still in Hungary and I was at Lake Balaton. and for the whole f- four days when I was there I wore the hell out of the G-Shock and I never used the stop function I never used the date function I just used the watch to show the time Um, so I have the, the, the Hamilton uh, mechanical and that's my only field watch. So I guess I'm not a fan of field watches, but you don't, I also think you don't have to be a fan. You just need one. And then if you have that, and that, that could actually be a Casio. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's my field watch as in when I'm doing, so, but, but is a field watch then a beater or oh, it, is beater a kind of an outdated term now?
1: Well, I don't think beater necessarily means a watch that you don't care about, you know, it's just your everyday watch, right?
0: Yeah. So like a field watch then. Yeah. And yeah,
1: yeah. Like I think about, um, my dad Mm -hmm. who owns quite a few watches, his daily Mm -hmm. is now this, uh, citizen Ray Mears, which is a field watch, frankly. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before that it was a Benris, uh, well, he had the reissue from like 25 years ago of a Benro Spaniel wind, like army watch. And mm-hmm. that's what he wore every day. So I think, uh, he, he takes it to a literal, uh, he actually chooses a, a field watch as his field watch. But I think, um, I, I still remember my dad, even though he dove, um, just saying, uh, you know, didn't, didn't mind his Submariner, but he found it heavy and a bit unwieldy, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's a fair point, uh, that those types of watches aren't really an everyday watch for some people. And therefore, something like a field watch is, you know, for somebody who doesn't want to wear a dress watch, for example it's a better fit for their day to day. And yeah, like you said, you can dress it up or down, you can jump in the pool with it. No problem. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. As I, as I said, I think that the, the, the word beater is a bit outdated and as you said, it's more of a, um, a field watch became the, the, the new beater, uh, because yeah, a field watch should be a watch that can take a bit of beating, but it's not necessarily, uh, you don't have necessarily have to ruin it and, and scratch it and ding it up. It's just, it's just something where you don't really pay as much attention. And in this sense, um, anything could be a beater. Anything could be a field watch, uh, a, a sub, as you said, could be a field watch. But if we think about the, 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 the actual term of a field watch, Then we're talking more about time-only watches, kind of military-inspired, and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So I guess the truth is somewhere in the middle. I'm not sure where, (laughs) actually.
1: Yeah, but I think it's cool that that, you've brought up that your Casio is basically your field watch.
0: Huh. Yeah, I, I I thought about it vaguely when you told me about the topic and I was like, Yeah, but the, but it's not really a field watch, but how I use it, I use it as a field watch. And uh, you know, and mine is the solar uh version, so I don't even have to worry about battery. It's it's super convenient and it's come on, yeah. forty euros or something, sixty euros, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well it, it's um not that I'm wearing it today, but I Put on my later explorer, the one forty two seventy, and I put that on my wrist, and it's just like that's my watch, you know. And mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't matter what I'm doing. It that watch just fits, and it's funny. Uh, I always talk about how I wore that watch basically every day for twelve or thirteen years, and then got to Europe and started buying vintage and things like that and didn't really wear it for a while. But in the last year or so, I've worn it more and more and there's a reason why I wore it for 12 or 13 years. So,
0: and you know what, uh, for, for a lot of people, we talked about this many, many podcast episodes ago. The day just was a, was a field watch. Yeah. Uh, maybe your dad's generation and, 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 and perhaps even older you know, because that's the, that was the aspirational purchase. They bought the watch. I have a Rolex. I have a day just, and they just wore the heck out of that watch.
1: Yep. No, it's very true. And funny enough that, uh, blue dialed 1600 with the smooth bezel, uh, mm -hmm. despite the fact that it's on a Jubilee, which is a little bit more ornate than what you would think of as for a field watch. Although, one could argue that jubilee is just sort of a an up upbraided uh, beads of rice in some ways, um, but anyhow, I put that on my wrist, and yeah, it also feels like a watch that we just sort of wear. Yeah, it's not a special occasion thing. It's not a you know, okay, baby it because it's fifty years old now, but you're right. That's not what it was intended for. It was just, that was, Mm you know, you you saved up and got a nicer watch and you just wore it every single day. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And that's what you want a field watch to do to, to be trusty and, and work to, and to work all the time, any condition.
1: So I'm curious in, in the world of field watches, are there, are there any out there that, uh, whether it's vintage or new, anything interesting that, that you've had your eye on or that, that you would consider picking up anything sort of in the, in the classic form.
0: Yeah. Ways? Um, there was, I, I, to be honest, I cannot remember exactly which model it was, but I talked about this Timex, which was like a, a $99 watch. And, um, I think, I think it was a Timex, um, expedition Sierra, I think, mm-hmm. um, which was, which is a, a, as I said, it's a 41 millimeter watch and it kind of looks like a, 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 field watch, like, uh, like, you know, any other brushed case, large numerals, kind of, you, you can kind of say that it's a, it looks like, a, 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 a the Hamilton and maybe, but then again, the Hamilton. Looks like how it looks because it was a military contract. So all the other watches look the same, right? Not only the Hamilton ones, but uh, but but mm-hmm. the ones that are made by any other uh, producer. So yeah, this is. I, I think it was. Uh, I think it was the Sierra. Uh, I could be wrong, but yeah, this is. Um, that's the one that I would I would go for because if you look at the Sierra models, there's like a bunch to choose from: different colors, different dials. Mm-hmm. So Actually,
1: really nice looking.
0: Yeah, they're 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 decent, huh? And you can get like a blue one, green one
1: 55 euros. I've yeah.
0: seen. Yeah, I mean, granted, you know, it's a it's kind a of co- all
1: over the map on pricing, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a quartz watch, right? So you don't you don't expect uh, a a lot, but um, but yeah, I mean, I don't expect a lot. No uh, that's can watch. That's silly. You you expect a lot. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's, I think it's a decent, it's a pretty decent watch for the money. And um, I think really when it comes to, to these brands uh, or these models, Timex has really a lot to offer. And this episode is not sponsored by Timex at all. And I do not own one single Timex, but I just, I think that in this, this branch they just, they just have a lot.
1: So funny enough, I own one Timex. <laughs> I own a the Mark One mechanical mm-hmm. and which is basically a military field watch. And I got one for my dad a couple Christmases ago and sure enough he started wearing it right away. It was a replacement for his Benrus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And within one year the watch stopped working. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> he he put it aside. Um, he bought the, what is it, the Seiko 5, the SNK, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the little field watches, not the current one, although you can still find these on Amazon, but they're like 100 bucks mm-hmm. and he didn't like that you had to shake it to do it. He, he doesn't like Seiko's non-windable automatic, so that didn't stick, and then I gave him <laughs> that Citizen, and he wears it every single day, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, he went through, but no these these quartz Timexes are are really nice. Um, the the field watch that sticks out for me, and you went hands on with this, and I'm, I'm really kind of sad that I did not uh, did not get a chance to go hands on with this one. But I like the uh, the Nevada Super.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a, yeah. Well, that's another one. Yeah, when I actually when I looked at the Tudor the Loom tone reminded me of, of the, the super Antarcticas mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another brand like Nevada. Uh, when you look at the time only versions, they have the, the, the super Antarctica, which I believe is the latest in that, uh, on uh, super Antarctic, sorry. So not super Antarctica, super Antarctic. Um, but then you also have the spider, which, okay, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a tad different. um, but between the spider and the, the the Super Antarctic, I guess you could you could um, find a, the, the one you like, especially since the Super Antarctic comes in three um, not dial but but loom or index colors.
1: Yeah. Yeah, have got the green, the white, and the aged loom. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking again. I couldn't remember what you told me the uh, what the size was. So it's 38 millimeters, yeah. 45 lug-to-lug, and 12 thickness for, for 771 right. euros and 95 cents.
0: Less than 800 euros, Not bad. exactly. For a Swiss-made steel watch, um, yeah, I think it's and then and then we kind 20 of ATM. right 200 meter foot resistance and then we kind of talked uh what well, we haven't talked about it, but we kind of mentioned the price right because that's the other thing as i said a field watch as far as i understood uh, or i understand used to be a watch that was easy and cheap to produce to to uh, supply the the troops so what's the price range of a field watch then What are are we thinking about? 50 euros, up to 50, up to 100, up to 500, up to 1,000? More?
1: You talk to Rolex, it's 10 grand, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. But no, I I
1: do think that the watchmakers today, you bring up the Hamilton or we talk about this Nevada, uh, you can get a... You can get a great, uh, you can get a, a field watch that does its job, like like we talked about with this Timex for fifty bucks. Or feels to me within fifty to call it a thousand dollars, you can get you can get a lot of watch.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and pretty much every Casio. So yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, and that's so many other so many others to choose from. uh, uh from other brands and or even if you're adventurous enough why don't you check out the original field watches go on ebay right and check out those those military issued pieces from the 60s and 70s and even 80s and there you might have a quartz movement for example if you're if you're into quartz or if you don't want a, want a mechanical, uh-huh. then you can you can go with one of the those CWCs or or whatever the case may be. So yeah, uh, yeah, there there are oh, so many options. Bad idea,
1: honestly. Uh,
0: I don't know how much cool. they, they, these go for, but I think uh, we just recently we talked about uh, about some of the the vintage. Was it the vintage uh, Hamilton that came up? Or you remember when we. We chatted about it, uh, how what, what the prices are. And I think I sent you a screenshot that those were around uh, yeah. four, 500-ish euros or so, the vintage ones, I mean. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it's not bad. No. And they used to be a couple hundred bucks, but they've gone up a little bit,
0: right? Right. But still, I think for 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 three, four hundred euros... I mean, there is obviously historical provenance again, or at least significance, maybe not provenance, but definitely significance if you are interested about war and and issued watches. And um, if it's still running after 30, 40, 50 years, uh, I guess that tells you something.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, I I think the... uh the Tudor ranger is a is yet another addition obviously more expensive than some of the things we spoke about here Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think it if if people like the form but uh 3k or so is too spicy there's plenty of other stuff that within the genre that i think will get you most of the way there obviously you know not a not a rolex cousin but it uh I think some of these picks like the, the Hamilton or the, you know, the Nevada, I think is really cool. So, but plenty of opportunities out there to get a great looking watch that I I feel like, um, you know, back in the day, the default would have been kind of a boring silver dialed dress watch. And Mm -hmm. you still see a lot of those types of watches on people today. I think in the thousand dollar range, that's where, I mean, not, not picking on them, but the brands like Tissot and, others uh, make a, make a lot of money yeah they totally. sell a lot of these very anonymous trust type watches and uh, for me personally I'd rather I'd rather go with one of these field watch style watches in the same price
0: range. Yeah, totally I mean as, as and again you need to tell yourself what your field watch should look like uh, should cost uh, what complications it should have so and and then and then at the end of the day you're gonna wear it so don't go and buy a field watch for whatever amount of money because somebody says so if you're not gonna use it for what it's intended to be useful which is to be you know your outdoors watch or used yeah yeah exactly exactly absolutely
1: well Balash, i don't think i've got anything else uh for this fine evening and I'm going to let you uh, get back to your, get, get back to holding court there at the castle.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm going to be enjoying my evening at Schloss Rabenstein in Chemnitz. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe
1: you can, maybe you can field some questions from your minions. <laughs>
0: Uh, maybe, but speaking of questions, uh, we received a few questions and messages in the past, uh, via Instagram and Facebook and other channels. And I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, I try to thank everyone. And, um, every time I got a message, Mike also knows about it because I sent him a screenshot. So eventually these questions or these topics or ideas will be, will be, um, dealt with or, or featured one way or the other. So just. Just stay tuned. So thanks again for, for sending us messages, and please keep them coming.
1: Hmm. Listen to you from the throne <laughs> laying down an order there.
0: From the second floor of the castle, actually. It's almost the top floor, I am, actually. Not that I realize. There's only one floor above me, and that's the tower. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Balash, I wish you
1: a fine stay Thank you. in the I castle. So. And... Hope you stay cool and have a good trip back to Karlsruhe. And hopefully when you get back, the uh, package that I sent you is waiting for you.
0: Yes, I hope so. Uh, thanks again for uh, for sending it over. And thanks for uh, uh, the wishes. I, I'm going to have a busy day tomorrow. And Wednesday, we're going to head back to Karlsruhe. So uh, hopefully Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, the latest, I'll be able to check my postfach and see if anything is there. And if so the next uh, 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 handguns controller will be very different than today's, I can tell you that.
1: Nice. Nice. All right, Balash. with that,
0: Mike out. And Balash.